0: This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin, with support from New Zealand On the Air.
1: Hello and welcome to Bringing Wellbeing to Life, the programme that takes wellbeing research off the page and into our lives. I'm Dr Denise Quinlan and today we're talking about engagement and passion for work and how that can contribute to wellbeing and resilience. If you're not feeling it right now, never fear. My guest today is Rob Baker of Tailored Thinking in the UK. His work on job crafting is all about what we can do to shape our jobs into roles that play to our strengths so that we want to leap out of bed and go to work. Rob views job crafting as a way to personalize our jobs, adapting them to better fit who we are and the strengths and skills that we bring to the job. He's a strong advocate for job crafting as a way to support meaning and engagement and thereby build well-being and resilience at work. Kia ora Rob, we are delighted to have you with us. Welcome to Bringing Wellbeing to Life.
2: Kia ora Denise and thanks so much for having me.
1: It's a real pleasure. Um, We've been following your work for a long time so to get to talk to you is really good fun so thank you. I have to just say as well thanks for getting up so early in the morning to talk to me because we really are at opposite ends of the world so I appreciate your flexibility.
2: It's, it's, it's absolutely fine. I won't declare whether I'm wearing pyjama bottoms still or not, uh, as it's six o'clock in the morning here in the all, UK.
1: All
0: good. Whatever you're wearing is working. Tell me how you describe job crafting and why you think it's an important way to support well-being. Yeah,
2: absolutely. So job crafting to to me is around shaping and how we act Interact and think about our work so there's three kind of components there so it's related to our task it's related to our, our relationships to the people and it's also related to how we we think about our work and what i found through the through the research that i've kind of done as a as someone kind of a scholar of job crafting, as it were, in terms of kind of researching it, but also someone as a practitioner in terms of someone who kind of practices job crafting with with organisations and, and with teams and with individuals, is that it enables people to kind of tap into and bring their whole and full selves to, the, to their work. So it's around encouraging people to create the space to think about how they can change aspects of their, their work and then to craft them, to shape them, to customize them around their unique talents, experiences and, and interests. and it's something that I think some people do intuitively. some people are naturally more kind of um, inclined to job craft than, than other people. but one of the areas that I'm particularly interested in the area, is that it's not always been evenly distributed within organisations for whatever reason. So it may be that if you're the more senior you get with an organisation, it's something that's available to you or if you've got certain um, flexibility or, or kind of power, effectively beholden on your position, it's easier to job craft. And yet there's compelling benefits from it that maybe we can discuss in a little bit. And that I think should be kind of universally accessible.
1: And, and do you think, is, it, is that changing? Because, you know, we can imagine at a senior level in an organization, I've got a bit of my job I really hate. I can probably delegate that to somebody, get, my, get one of my team to do it, um, contract it out. But when I'm down, further down the, the chain, it's, it's harder to have that flexibility. Is that still I the think-
2: case? Yeah, absolutely. I think it's a good, a good challenge. And I, I I must admit, I had a similar mindset. So in terms of, you know, job crafting is going to be available or easier for some people than others. And I, and I think it's, I'm always challenging myself on it because what I found is that when you set people up to job craft, irrespective of if that's kind of in call centers or cleaners or people with on the, on the face of it, jobs with relatively low autonomy, if you give them the right skills and you give them the encouragement you can be blown away by their creativity about how they can bring, bring job crafting to life because they're, 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 they're looking for it. They want most people, if you ask them, do you want to make your job more interesting, more engaging, they say, hell yes, please tell me how, you know? So I think, and those, maybe those jobs are actually, they're, they're, they're crying out for it more than others. So I think it, it is something that, that 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 is accessible from from um everyone irrespective of your job but it does require energy and motivation and creativity in in, on behalf of the individual to find ways of bringing that to life and it's certainly maybe easier in jobs where you've got that kind of flexibility and autonomy versus those that don't but but contrastly again this and this is backed up by the research is that if you've got tremendous amounts of flexibility and freedom in your job it can be hard sometimes to actually kind of um shape that in a way that works best for you then least you've got almost got too much flexibility that actually it's hard to kind of understand where your job starts and where it doesn't stop in terms of the yeah. flexibility As if you've got very neatly defined role it's really clear to you in terms of what you know what your tasks are who you interact with and um, and from that it's, it maybe makes it a bit easier to kind of identify those opportunities to to, to craft your job
1: I know I think about um, finding the sweet spot of autonomy is hard sometimes. And when people when people go, well, what does that mean? I say, well, have you ever had a job where there's no deadline and no one checking in on you? And they go, ah, uh, yeah. Did you do anything? Uh, no. And so writing the next great novel is, is one of those jobs that no one, there's no deadline. Um, you've got complete freedom. You don't have a publisher. Do most of us really get excited and engaged sometimes no yeah so so i
2: love that i love that i was telling me but that's a that's a great way of, of, of phrasing it and I've, one of the exercises i do actually in terms of it, it's depending on different organizations different different things but get people to answer some kind of questions about their job and and maybe do it with a colleague or a peer or their team leader and one of the questions i ask actually denise is in terms of how much I don't quite use the word of autonomy, but it's like how much freedom do you have in your job, and how much do you, would you would you like? And actually, some people nudge the bar up, so they're kind of saying, at a scale of one to ten, I've got maybe a seven. I'd love an eight or a nine. And some people are actually saying, no, I you know I've got too much, nice, um, unstructured time, and I'd like a little bit less because. And again, it's I think it's. The key point around job crafting is that it's personal to every individual and you need to kind of not make assumptions about maybe what, what works for you isn't necessarily what's going to work for someone else.
1: So it sounds like um, we all need to be educated a little bit about it um, before we can expect people to spontaneously job craft. It's helpful if we explain what it is to them and some of the different ways they can do it. And you've already mentioned um, relationships tasks and thoughts about work but um i know that you've identified about five different ways that we can craft jobs so do you want to talk us through those
2: yeah sure so for the from for for the for the book i wrote and um, i was looking at kind of synthesized all the, the the research that i could get my hands on in terms of job crafting there's over four hundred and forty peer-reviewed papers on 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 job crafting that we've written there's more now since since i've published the, the book and I found that that broadly you could you could describe people's job crafting behavior in kind of five different ways. Mm-hmm. Um at least that's how I've kind of put them together within the book. And these can overlap as well. They're not always distinct. Sometimes they are distinct, but often they kind of overlap in terms of different areas. So the first is around your, your tasks. So this is around changing, um, shaping or um, maybe doing new tasks or doing existing tasks in different ways or maybe stopping certain tasks or, or activities. And um, so it could be for example, a lot of us who are working remotely are maybe having to do our tasks in different ways at the moment because we're doing it in a in a remote way. So we're kind of being forced to do it. But job crafting's encouraging to kind of find those those new ways of working for your for yourself. The second um could be relationships. So this is around amplifying, building kind of relationships with people that that kind of are working for you at the moment. So maybe finding new ways or to to kind of connect with other people or to maybe dial these dial kind of relationships that aren't working for you particularly well at work kind of dial down and doing them in different different ways and and just an example of someone who was doing um, an exercise recently was saying what they wanted to do in terms of connection was they're going to have um they used to do um kind of walking meetings faced um with with a colleague um and they used to kind of to get get outside and get some fresh air at at the at the same time and they found that actually that was a, a great way of for, for creating idea, new ideas and instead sort of ideation and they, um, a more of a, a positive conversation of sat desk to desk and they realized in lockdown they were struggling to do that until they they thought there's no reason why we can't both put kind of headsets on and go for a walk around our blocks at the same time and that's what they did with right. their, their colleagues and they brought the same thing so very creativity and that again that's a way of a relationship kind of crafting those opportunities are there but they just hadn't thought about it b- before Um so that's good relationships. And in terms of thinking how you think about your job, I refer to it as purpose crafting within the literature, in the academic literature, often it's referred to as cognitive crafting. And this is to maybe tapping into the purpose and the value of the work um, that, that we do. So thinking about um, how we think about our work and maybe changing it a little bit, um, or just spending time focusing uh, and getting feedback on the, the value and the impact of the work that, that, that we're doing. Um, so that's the third element. The fourth is around skill crafting. So this is around learning new skills and new and new knowledge, and um, refining existing knowledge that we have, or maybe specialising spe- to develop, deepening our knowledge in particular areas. And again, I think this is something that we're all, um, particularly in the uh, kind of in the, in the UK, that are kind of having to 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 embrace at this moment in time in terms of learning to do things in different ways. Um,
1: Oh, so the whole the whole world has learned how to do Zoom meetings and absolutely,
2: absolutely. And I think, yeah, and I think sometimes it's around how you again your mindset is around actually this is a learning opportunity to kind of be saying is this working for me? Is this not working for me? What can I do differently? Rather than saying this is kind of almost replicating our our existing tasks in a virtual way, if if you kind of have a producer mindset of a learning one of saying actually we're going to experiment and do things differently and and zooming is one of those things to do you know that's that is um something that we can we can all learn and adapt and i think in the future hopefully we can work out what's working well for us and maybe keep that and and reduce the things that aren't working well for us as well so i think there's great opportunities there and then the last the kind of the last element is around well-being crafting so that's around how you can make your job healthier from a mental or physical perspective so a lot of us, well, I say a lot of us. A lot of organisations that I work with have maybe relatively sedentary jobs, so there's not there's necessarily not there's necessarily activity kind of built into it. Um, but maybe it is mentally kind of challenging, and it's ways of finding things that um, work well for people. And again, a kind of a, a an example of the current um, situation. I had a, um, a session with a group uh, last week, and they were there was. A couple of people were saying they were struggling to switch off at the end of the day. So, in terms of they weren't, people someone was saying in the in the session that they weren't um, working from home. They were um, living at work. In terms of in terms of their kind of current context, and they were finding it really hard to switch off. And so they they decided to experiment with doing different things individually. So, some person was went to the kind of put their laptop to bed and put it in a box out of sight so they couldn't see it. Someone turned notifications off their phone. Someone else was got um, was saying actually they're going to they're going to engineer a, a commute at the end of the day for themselves and to transition between uh, which is again a walk around the block or a phone call with someone and rather than diving straight straight from work to to home
1: oh I love that especially when um you know the distance from work to home for most of us now is about you know five or ten feet from one room to another
2: um yeah and, and for some people it wasn't it was in the same room so someone was, someone was describing the situation again that's the thing i think within the current context is that we've got to be careful about where people are working what they you know what their circumstances are but someone was saying that the best space they could find to work was their with their kitchen and then they and that's where they spent most of their time in the evening kind of cooking and things and they just they got a bit sick of the room you know so they were just trying to find ways of um working or spending time in different different locations
1: that's lovely and to in terms of so you've, you've talked about task crafting relationship purpose skill and well-being what are some of your favorite examples of store or stories of of people actually that people have done to put those into oh, practice
2: oh wow i collected i've literally collected hundreds nearly, nearly knocking on thousands of these so it's kind of it's difficult to to pick favorites in terms of this but maybe Maybe one of the earliest, um, it, I'll give you a couple from my kind of earliest times where I was, I was experimenting with this within within organisations. Because I got excited when I heard these stories, Denise, because it meant that actually I thought I was onto something in terms of actually saying this are people are running with this and, and using it. So, one relates to a contact centre, and this and this is particularly important to me because it was something again when we were testing this out, we didn't know actually it was going to work within this within this. Um, environment because again on the face of it they have low autonomy they are being measured in terms of the number of calls that they had and so within the within the 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 call center team I asked them to 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 craft but I gave them a budget of 10 to 15 minutes or an hour a day so in terms of thinking about how they could craft their their role and one of the examples that someone um, gave me was that they um, was saying that what was important to them was that they were helping someone. So from a purpose, from a deep personal perspective, they wanted to feel that they're helping people. As a, That was something that was a core value to them as an individual and also a, a strength in terms of what they're doing. And, and so though they, they were actually working in a bank and the kind of contact centers are dealing with kind of rate customers, dealing with the kind of all, all queries about their, their their banking. What they wanted to do is actually kind of reframe that from just doing administrative tasks serving those customers were so actually helping people. And, and they didn't often get a chance to do that during the day. So what they they um, decided to do in terms of a purpose crafting or, or cognitive crafting was to say, right, I want to shine a light on this. So they put a diary on the seat of their, their car. And before they drove off at the end of the day, they just wrote down their best customer experience that day, the person that helped the most. And what they found was that they over time they, they they kind of added to that that list of of names so every day they could see that list getting bigger in terms of in terms of what they were doing and they also found and these and this is the thing with job crafting and um, a lot of with any experimentation when we try new things we don't know quite what we're going to get out of it and i think sometimes there's lots of un, unexpected consequences of doing this and what they found is actually it it buffered um feelings of negativity that they often had when they were kind of driving home so often they would kind of ruminate about the a call that didn't go particularly well or someone that got you know fed up and they'd find that that kind of that stayed with them all the way until they got home and even when they're talking to their partner about their day and they found actually this exercise of writing down something that worked kind of that are someone they're helping not only shined the light on it but actually met them in a better frame of mind when they were leaving work and they were better to able to kind of leave their work at in the office as it were in terms of how they're doing. So that's one example. I'll give you, I'll just give you, um, one more. And this is someone who worked in an IT team. So again, someone who had, um, um, a low, um, they were dealing with the people you could have phoned if you're, um, computer wasn't working it often tells you to turn it off and turn it back on again and they collected data they collected and uh, information about the the um, errors or the cool themes that were happening but they got frustrated by the fact that nothing was being done to this so this individual was someone who enjoyed the kind of analytics of things he enjoyed kind of problem solving and although they were. He could see that they were collecting information and themes on on certain issues that they were facing with the organisation. They were kind of frustrated that nothing was being done with them, and could have encouraged by a job crafting in kind a of workshop. He was saying, "Actually, what I'd love to do is is maybe present this information in a different way to the to my manager and to to other people, so they can kind of see and do something with it." And their manager, to to their credit, said, "Why do not you come to a?" Um, a monthly uh, meeting that we have with, about the IT function where we used to present the the kind of Excel spreadsheet, the summary as part of the minutes for the meeting, but no one, probably the first time they looked at it, someone did something about it, but since then it was part of papers that everyone kind of maybe scanned but didn't do anything kind of with it. Um, they said, why don't we give a five minute presentation about how you're seeing things on the ground from an IT perspective and just talking to some of the, the data that you're kind of collecting and the themes. And what they found is not only did that individual love the fact that they were kind of preparing for this this meeting, so it was a new kind of skill that they were having to develop into the presenting, but also changed slight change to their task. It was only took them five minutes a month to kind of actually present it. But they found that actually people listened to it, so there was a face to this this information. And all of a sudden, they the, 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 the had support and buy-in from, from the kind of senior management team to actually make some changes that impacted and the calls they were receiving, and, and positively benefited the, the customers as well. That they were that they were it's supporting obviously the IT function
1: in, in terms of impact. Wow! Yeah. And um, tell me this: so you mentioned um, in your first example that somebody you gave someone a budget of fifteen minutes, adding up to an hour a day. Talk to me a little bit more about time budgeting and and job crafting. How does that fit in?
2: Sure. So the what I and this was based down to research that I did with. um, dr uh, gavin Slemp from the university of melbourne the center of positive psychology is that that today although a lot of people have researched kind of job crafting whether it happened or not so effectively whether people are put, put into practice there hadn't been much research into actually the makeup of job crafting in terms of what people actually physically did and how much time and energy it took them to do it so i was really curious about this and i've collected and um, had some data from interventions that i had run with people in terms of to collect the nature and the type of job crafting interventions that people had had done. and When we coded this, um, this this information, what we found is actually the majority of people, when they did job, tend to job craft, it tended to be something that they could do in less than... I say 10 to 10 to 15 minutes a day or an hour an hour a week in terms of the total kind of time load of it so it wasn't significant and often when we talk about job crafting we imagine people tearing up their job descriptions and kind of like and um, revolutionary re, you know re-engineering their entire jobs and, and obviously that's you know a potential fruit from job crafting but the, the actual reality of it is that people find small and subtle ways to 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 change and improve their to improve their jobs and so what I I've started to do within within my within workshops and and again as an experiment to start with is deliberately telling people start small so in terms of saying i'm going to set you this budget of 10 minutes a day or 15 minutes a day or an hour a week and seeing what seeing seeing what ideas you have and i find that actually if you do that people approach it maybe a bit more playfully than they would do if it was like a big task it wasn't something else new to do it's like this is the same time as it takes you to grab a cup of coffee or go you know go have a have a toilet break or whatever and or do some, some, you know, social media um, kind of a break. So it's something that's accessible to everyone. It's something that people approach it as playful. And also, as you all know, in terms of the research, in terms of habit building, if it's easier to do it in a sustainable way, if we start small rather than doing something big. So if we take a big, a lot of time I found previously with the interventions that people get super excited, set themselves some really ambitious, exciting goals, but then the reality of of in bringing them into their day-to-day lives, kind of was quite quite tough and they didn't then deliver on their job crafting goal, and they kind of forgot about it quite quickly because <laughs> those that have seeded it with small changes tend to kind of actually find it, see if it works well for them. In most cases it does and then find ways to develop and build on it from there.
1: What I love about it as well is that it's win-win there because from a management or leadership perspective, it's less risky if you know people are only going to ask, be asking or, you know, playing with 15 minutes a day um, and and the fact is that it also encourages more creativity and playfulness. That's that's fabulous. And, and Yeah, that, it's
2: absolutely correct. And so I referred to that as kind of Gavin and I referred to that as micro micro job crafting. So it's kind of like micro, micro kind of crafting. And it, it absolutely works well. And I think that to your point around managing anxiety within organizations, is absolutely really helpful. And that's how I I gave that example in the contact center, and that's how I ultimately um convinced is probably the one where they're interested about it but they can kind of reassure them about what we we're trying to do is by saying we're only going to look at the footprint of 10 to 15 minutes a day so we're not going to be having people spending hours doing something different and not answering calls you know mm-hmm. so it does it does placate them the, the managers
1: That's That reassuring and it sounds like i mean even from the some of the examples you've shared that these small changes can allow people to connect um much more strongly with Um, how viewing their work as meaningful and worthwhile and I'm just curious so I wanted to ask you do you think that meaning and mattering has been underestimated in the workplace do you think they might say yeah
2: I I think I think I think I think we know it inherently if that makes sense we all because as individuals as humans we're meaning makers we want things to be meaning we want to feel that we're doing something that's purposeful so it's there but we don't create the space of the opportunity to kind of connect with that meaning. So, and I think there's also an assumption that meaning is something that applies to certain, maybe vocational jobs. If you're working in kind of a caring kind of jobs um, or where, where, there's a really kind of clear social kind of, kind of component to it. But I, I'm someone who believes that actually you can make meaning out of kind of any job So I think it's something that we, we underestimate in terms of the the impact and the importance of, and we we assume it's for other people, not for kind of our, you know our own jobs but I don't necessarily think that's the case.
1: Yeah I, I remember um, being really glad I didn't have a phone in my car one day when I was listening to someone on the radio talking about um, well-being and saying these um, lower socioeconomic jobs well the people who were doing, the, doing these they didn't really have deep important well-being it was mainly just relational you know <laughs> I thought, ah, ah, you know, if we think about the people who go to work because they are feeding their family, that's a pretty high order sense of meaning and purpose for me.
2: Absolutely. Absolutely. I think that and again that's it. So it's finding one of the things that I do for the, in terms of exercises for for in for individuals is, is actually to to do that instead of why does work matter to you? What what are the benefits? Who are you? who does it benefit from? So that's one of the kind of questions I get people to kind of reflect on. And it's, it's not just your exactly. It's not just your kind of customers, maybe or the kind of internal or external to you or your kind of colleagues that you're supporting, but it's also the, the, the family members that you're supporting. It's the things that you can do because of the, because of the work that you're doing. It kind of allows you to do, you have your adventures It enables you to feed your family, enables you to, to um, support other people. So it's, it's tremendously important and, um and again, I think we sometimes forget the the, the kind of the, the impact of it. But also, I think you can't you can't meaning wash, as it were, and just say, "Well, actually, all you need to do is think about the the fact that you're you're doing this meaningful job, and and it's and it's great that you're supporting your family." And that in itself, if you just think about your family when you're doing a job, that's going to be enough for to to give you the motivation to to enjoy that job. It's not obviously not as straightforward as that, but if you do create opportunities for people to kind of reflect and feedback and kind of learn and see how the impact of their work on other people, because again, there's for meaning, for most of us get a sense of meaning in terms of impacting on on others, then it can be incredibly, incredibly powerful.
1: And so the flip side of that then is that when we lose our jobs, that, that hits our sense of meaning and purpose, our identity, it, it hits us in a lot of ways. And all around the world at the moment, there are lots of people who have lost work. And so what would be your um well-being advice for people who've lost their jobs
2: well the first thing to say is just that that's rubbish if your job's been taken away from you in terms of because because of the, the kind of circumstances then that is kind of sucks sucks for most people and i would just want the first thing to say is that you kind of it's okay to, for, to feel rubbish about things and, okay. and this does and the, people, the first point is like the first point is just empathize and just say look it's just it it's,
1: sucks it's yeah yeah,
2: and um, and so that's the, the the first thing kind of wanted to, to say, and I think as you mentioned, particularly into the Western cultures, that a lot of our self identity and self worth comes from the work that we're doing. So therefore, there's a an impact on our esteem and, and confidence. I think there is less of a stigma around kind of, and then certainly on LinkedIn and other social channels at the moment around being kind of made redundant, as we would call it in the in the UK, or a bit retrenched, um, in in the um in the current environment than there ever has been so it's kind of accepted almost it's a kind of part and parcel of working at the moment in time um but what i would encourage people to to do once they're ready to do it and they might and you need to have energy and motivation to do this so it's not something maybe you can do on day one some people will be like right i want this is what I i want to have a plan is is actually to to take some positive steps and again this comes back to this idea of what's controllable for you as an individual and one of the things that I think is always helpful to to maybe reflect on, and actually see is you know think think about is this an opportunity for you? Is this actually a way that you can um, kind of uh, create opportunities to do to do maybe existing work or, or um, kind of maybe new new jobs? And just take that as a as an opportunity to think about maybe these this creates opportunities for you. Mm-hmm. I think also I get people to to reflect on maybe their their strengths and reflect on the things that they enjoyed in their previous jobs so to think and things they did well so to kind of actually spend some time reflecting on themselves in terms of things that they like and the skills and strengths that they have and use that as a base to start with before, when they're kind of then looking at opportunity, the types of opportunities that they that they'd like to do so there's one that kind of that that betterment of reflection is I think can be can be helpful and in particular from a confidence perspective in terms of actually realizing the variety, wide variety of things that you that you can do. Absolutely. And then I think it's a case of for, for people in terms of pragmatically it's just it's just finding finding those opportunities. And um and can you can do that in lots of different ways. It can be making connect you know following up with connections that you already have in terms of existing kind of connections and it's easier more than ever than ever to kind of make those connections through LinkedIn and elsewhere can be applying for different job sites, different organisations will want you to do different things. And it could be an opportunity to do something completely different, Denise, as well. Um, And I tend to look at trying to encourage people to think about careers um, and all, all facets of their life as adventures i suppose and by adventures it means that you never know quite where the end point's going to be you kind of think you know what the end point's going to be but you don't know with adventures that kind of it's the chances are there's going to be some good experiences and some bad experiences at times you're going to be absolutely loving it and there's going to be times you're absolutely hating it and you never know what's going to kind of happen so mm-hmm. try and if you if you can and you've got the energy levels to kind of think about this is an opportunity an adventure to to to, to do something new, a new chapter, a new a new challenge for mm. for the individual and frame it in that way, but just be, just before I say that, I think i'm also kind of really kind of recognizing that for some people the the, the number one priority is going to be earning some money in some way for, to provide for themselves and their their family, and again, for those individuals, it may be saying in the short term, I need to do something pragmatically, I need to have a way of 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 getting some income um and so that's that's kind of priority number one and then priority two is to 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 find and create um um opportunities in the types of domains and field that i want to want to work on so it'll be different for different people but i think having a plan looking reflecting on strengths connecting with people asking for help can all be kind of really helpful strategies Mm -hmm.
1: and willing i think i love your spirit of adventure i've been um Reading two stories and and listening to video interviews of two airline pilots in New Zealand who um, were made redundant. And one of them is now working stacking shelves in a supermarket and has talked about how important it was to, um, to detach his value from his income and and how helpful that was and the other one early on in the piece moved his whole family from the south island to the north and is working outside in his shorts on a trail bike as a farmhand. and he said look you've got to be prepared to try new things you and I think they really both embody your um sense of this is an adventure see where it might take you and yeah yeah.
2: I love those examples I love those examples and I think Again, the adventures doesn't you don't know how long that's going to be. So that could be a three month adventure, a month, one month adventure, or it could be, you know, it could be much longer. And you don't and you don't know. And so it's having if you can have that open mindset. Mm-hmm. And I, I think it's also tremendously powerful to hear people's stories about saying they're able to disconnect their kind of their status, their self-worth, their identity from maybe the you know, from the the and, from that they have all the or the cachet of a title cool. of a pilot yeah. that they might they might have afforded them and brought them. Um that
1: and, man also said he detached from the status piece and he had really connected with um reconnected with the importance of his family in his life
2: yeah it's amazing amazing yeah. to hear but again not something that's necessarily super easy so people might be listening to this and saying well that's not something that's i'm struggling with and that's completely human and understandable as well so it's yeah. not as easy just saying that's what i'm going to do and there's something wrong with me if i can't do it, it's like actually we're it's for most of us our self you know identity is in in, you know intrinsically messily messed up to the work that, that, that we do and it's going to take for some people to unpick and and you know if it's like a ball of wool it takes you some time to kind of unpick that and some people find it easier than than other people to do it so it's okay for that if, you, if you're if you struggling with that ball of wool and it's not clear what's kind of kind of come out of it that's absolutely fine too but you will get there if you you know if you want to with patience and, and persistence.
1: And I guess the the other thing that I had been thinking when we were talking about job crafting was that I, I was kind of wondering if it was a luxury for tight job markets because, you know, in I've done a lot of work in education and, you know, I've been working with people who've left teaching and gone out on their own to do interesting creative things and a number of them going, what a year to pick to go and do something creative and independent and leave the security of my job. And so... I know in some industries there's been less there's less turnover because if people have a job they're going like don't rock the boat keep the job, Um, but do you think there's still room and permission within that for organisations to encourage people to job craft?
2: I go beyond that to kind of room permission. I'd say it's a necessity. So I think we're all having to do things differently. For some people it's in terms of maybe. Doing our existing work with increased pressure or different pressure or in different ways in terms of doing it remotely or virtually in terms of for a lot of people in say particularly in the, in the UK or with less of a team with less resources around us because of maybe some of the financial challenges that an organization is facing so we need people to to to, to be innovative to be curious about doing things in different different ways and I think also that that job crafting as well as providing kind of um, improvements and innovation to within organization, it also buffers stress and anxiety. It gives people that sense of control. It seems to be a running theme for this discussion, Denise, that we're having, which I, I like. Um, and so actually if you want people to be forming well functioning well within your, organi- within your organization, um, then you, then job crafting is something that has been kind of shown from from evidence and practice to, to, to kind of allow that to 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 happen the challenges and this is the difficulty and the trick with everything is that if you're stressed if you're anxious if you're feeling very time constrained you're less likely to kind of have the mental capacity or the or the courage or the uh, the physical ability to kind of actually take a break and stop and and maybe kind of create and find those opportunities for crafting and that's where the trick from leadership is so important around finding the the best and most appropriate way to do it so it's absolutely from my perspective not a luxury and it's something that i think if we want people to to kind of ride the 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 waves of opportunities that that will hopefully come out of the the kind of current climate and there's um there will be there absolutely will be opportunities and and um kind of ability for us to do things differently and seize, seize opportunities, then, then job crafting can help seed that. It's not going to be that it's not the panacea. It doesn't solve everything, but it can certainly certainly help.
1: And I guess when you're as you're talking there, I'm thinking, yeah, this even thinking about job crafting for my role requires me to practice a little bit of mental agility, which we know is a core resilience competency. So that flexibility and agility and thinking about there's more than one way to do something is, is helpful in lots of different ways for our thinking and our actions. Yeah.
2: Absolutely. Absolutely.
1: So do you see job crafting as really supporting resilience as well as wellbeing?
2: Uh, yeah, absolutely. So in terms of the, again, from the research and there, and there hasn't been much that I've read specifically looking focused at resiliency, but in terms of if you're looking at maybe uh, buffering stress or managing kind of stress and anxiety and and challenge or demands of the of the negative demands of a job, certainly job crafting has been seen to kind of um, positively kind of alleviate some of those some of those factors. So it's been positively associated with people who are saying that they found they've um, a lever to kind of reduce the stress or the the, the, the unwanted stress and challenge of, the, of their job, and to to make them better able to 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 deal with the challenges that they 've got, but also seize those opportunities when they present themselves, job crafting and that kind of mindset and that's the, those skills to be able to think and act differently about their job to shape things to to personalize things is something that's there's absolutely a, a kind of a, a
1: and i love, I love the way you talk about it that I have previously kind of been thinking about job crafting as something that you had to sit at your desk and wait for somebody on high to give you permission to do. But what you're saying is no, every single one of us can be thinking about job crafting at any point.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's, from my perspective, what I'd love to get to a point where it's just part and parcel of our day to day kind of activities and, and behaviors. And it's not, it's not necessarily a thing that you need to kind of preciously unpack and and deal with but it's something that you can do as part of your day-to-day kind of activities and mindset and, and, and approach and you don't see your job as static at any point in time it's not static it's continually evolving and you have that opportunity to continue to evolve and adapt and improve what your intentions have improved what you're doing
1: wow um i Rob, it has been so great talking to you today. I have learned so much about job crafting and I know that our listeners will too. Um, I want to say thank you to you, but also to let our listeners know that your website, tailoredthinking.co.uk has some really fabulous free resources that people can go and download if they want to learn more about job crafting and if they, as I
0: have, have got the job crafting bug. Rob, your overall mission is supporting wellbeing in the workplace. Now, this COVID pandemic is creating challenging times for people all over the world. And we know that you're in a lockdown right now in the UK. How are you doing? And what's helping you get through this period? And is there advice you'd like to share with anyone else?
2: Well, first of all, thanks for asking. I think, um, absolutely, I think those in the Northern Hemisphere are finding it tough, as it were, in terms of the lockdown. So I think it's very difficult to kind of say... Um, country to country but in terms of the in terms of the UK into England where I'm where I'm at the moment we're we're just going to come out of a second lockdown into um, a tiered system the word that I and I'm, I'm greeted with when I speak to people is tired once we kind of get through the niceties of I'm fine I think people are just are just as exhausted in terms of having to to manage and deal with the with the situation and that's particularly the case for HR folk or, or those who are dealing with. Um, People, people teams. I think one thing to say with this is very individual for everyone. I think something that people have come to me for, for advice in terms of someone who, who focuses on well-being and positive psychology. And it's, it's absolutely define what works for you and understand what works for you as an individual and trying to keep on top of the basics. So I think we all need to be kind to ourselves at the moment and not have too high kind of expect, expectations. So for me, the kind of the base level that I know that if I can keep on top of my sleep, if I know that I can kind of get good quality sleep most most nights and with young children, that's not always in my control. And um, if I can exercise daily, so in terms of for me to kind of get out and as I have a kind of a minimum uh, benchmark of saying 30 minutes of, of kind of running or kind of brisk walking for me is, is something that's good in nature in terms of in, in the trees um, is 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 really good. And if I can and connect to someone else So if I can make a make a connection um with someone either by by email or message or whatsapp or by speaking to someone they're kind of three outside of my family they're three things that I I know that can have a positive impact on my own well-being and they're things I try to do every single day and they've, and they've been very helpful to me even in the days that I haven't necessarily felt like it
1: is there anything else that's really helping you right now
2: I think again this spirit of experimentation is when I when I feel I have the ability and and the opportunity to do it it's around actually thinking about what things I can experiment so I can I can run on myself effectively to improve my well-being and and again anyone can kind of do this so it's around finding things to tap into and new and different 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 things and seeing if they have a positive impact on their their well-being so for example this has given me an opportunity to tap into mindfulness again so i was someone who studied um, and kind of did a number of courses on mindfulness for a number of years and fell out of practice for lots of different reasons and the current climate the current situation has has given me the kind of opportunity and the nudge to kind of to, to 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 refine that and rediscover it so it's again for for everyone listening and from for from, from myself, it's a case of just thinking about what is going to work best kind of for you and maybe be open-minded about trying trying new things or going back to things that uh, you maybe you've, you've found that you've worked in the past that you've kind of forgotten about.
1: Oh, Rob, thank you. It's It feels fantastic to... You have brought to us this spirit of experimentation and you are definitely giving us nudges to try new and different things, to see what we can do to job craft to improve our own well-being so thank you so much for joining us today really appreciate it
2: it's been lots of fun thanks so much
0: you've been listening to bringing well-being to life on ORFM dunedin if you'd like to listen to a podcast of this show you can find it on or.org.nz or at nziwr.co.nz i'm dr denise quinlan thank you for listening this programme has been brought to you by the New Zealand Institute of Wellbeing and Resilience. For more information on how schools, communities and workplaces can grow their well-being and resilience, go to nziwr.co.nz. This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin, with support from New Zealand On the Air.